It's been a long day. You're feeling lonely. You just want to play a nice round of zero-g frisbee. You boot up the game, and hey! uh, the game lobby lies before you. Uh, a grand hall with computer terminals to help you find a match. Hey, you're trying to find a match? You want to join my party? I got a party and, right and here. You... Hey, man, listen. You want to go to the brawl you... room? Join my party in the ballroom? All right, all right. Can you stop climbing? Hey, guys, me? guys, get Let's on him. Get, get on him. We're doing a conga line. Hey, stop pumping my face. <laughs> you know what time it is, baby. You're going to my head mounted destination now. Hello and welcome to Head Mounted Destinations, a podcast about virtual reality and VR game development. We provide our perspective as developers and a peek behind the curtain for those interested in how VR games are made. I'm Carlos, and I'm a game designer. And I'm Matt, and I'm a gameplay programmer. Today, we're talking about multiplayer lobbies in VR. There's a couple of games that we're going to really mention a lot, primarily Echo Arena and Rec Room. Both of these have the, the quality of from the first moment that you hop into the game you are placed in a space with a bunch of other players um, which is unusual if you compare it to non-vr games where usually you're in a main menu alone and then you do some matchmaking and then you're put into a space with other players and this well it leads to a lot of interesting interactions just hanging out in these uh, lobby menu spaces with people yeah and a big point to keep in mind is like you as the player spend so much time in these lobbies and right now we believe uh, also based on past experience that like not much time is actually spent thinking about the spaces these players are going to be hanging out in and actually waiting to play the core of your game in right so we mentioned echo arena and this has a lobby that basically like not spits you out but it allows you to like gradually like traverse your way to a larger group of people and rec room has this really cool approach where it like puts you in an a isolated like dorm room type location when you come in in both cases you boot up the game and you're not playing the actual core of the game you are first interacting with its menu systems via these like living spaces and then getting to the core of the game so just to kind of hammer in on the point of today's episode, it's our hopes is to get people thinking more so about their lobbies and dedicating more time and resources when applicable to building out their lobbies in VR to make that much of a better experience for the player. Yeah, I mean, it's almost the first impression that the player gets of your game. They're not getting the gameplay first, they're getting the lobby spaces in these multiplayer games and like the lobby space almost becomes something unto itself. Like I, bo both of us have so many memorable experiences from hanging out in these spaces, both awesome and awkward and terrible. Like just the other day we were, was it you were you playing Echo and then there was this random guy that invited us to a party and we were going to play together, but then he started a private match and it was just like, we were playing 2v1. It was yeah. really weird. <laughs> Yeah, you can just get bamboozled at times <laughs> into into weird. But that's like experiences. so awesome. It's it's awesome that you can just go up to random people and be like, "Hey, you want to play a game?" They're like, "Okay," like that doesn't happen in non VR games. That's like not even a thing. Right? Yeah, you don't have the 
I'll say I don't think most games give you the ability to, you know, just walk up to players. Well, I would say maybe the obvious exception being like uh, MMO RPG type games like World of Warcraft. But right, thinking right. about it now, like that game doesn't really have a lobby. Uh, well, the lobby might just be that main menu with like the portal that you log in. Well, but I mean, getting people together for raids or whatever is sort of a equivalent. Yeah, but there. So, yeah, I mean, that could be considered, but they're also still out in the main world, right? Yeah. At least in the video footage I've seen, they're always out in the main world getting ready for a quest. So, like, the world itself, the whole game world, I don't know, can be considered a lobby in that case. Right. I mean, that's a good point, because in these VR games, there's no actual game element in the lobbies. There's There can be, like, toys that you can play with and maybe mini games to practice mechanics, but there's no, like, real objective that, you know, people are passing through trying to complete or whatever it just everyone that is spit out into this space uh is really just looking to play the main game everyone has a shared objective which is partying up or matchmaking right the, yeah the shared objective is find a match so that you can play the game um and you do see this like happen i think like you already mentioned uh players like reach out to us uh we've reached out to players and like put together a team pretty quickly you see cool interactions, uh, again, jumping to Echo Arena for the example. Um, Echo Arena, I believe we mentioned it on previous episodes. It's this uh, rugby-style game that's in zero-G. But anyway, uh, in the in the uh, lobby itself, you have like these little stations and players actually congregate to these various training areas. Like, uh, there's like a disc throwing training area and a melee combat training area. And when I last played, uh, I was just going to check out these zones just, uh, I, you know, get some regular B roll footage for them. And I actually encountered one player who had like the ball and dinosaur toy and they like handed it over to me before suddenly a, a train of flying characters zoomed into the melee training room, uh, all kind of chanting, uh, or, you know, uh, basically making it vocally known that they are going to the, to the fighting room in order to fight and practice their fighting. (laughs) And that's something that, you know, we all want as developers. We want the player to like gleefully engage with our content for the most part. Right. Yeah. Although it, it is a little alarming that, it's a lot of there's a lot of children um in these spaces and that sort of drives the culture and like the social rules and stuff it feels very much like a a schoolyard almost yeah but there's no repercussions for being a complete misanthrope (laughs) so yeah i i want to add on to that um because of it definitely feels like being on a schoolyard at times when you enter a room and you hear a lot of uh higher pitched voices um but uh the the big feel that's kind of corrupting that more wholesome aesthetic is this uh bohemian kind of dorm room or dorm building like f- like feel that comes with everybody having a microphone who has a headset similar to the xbox 360 era where it was like a real big deal that the microphone was boxed in with the console now everyone could talk like that's the same thing happening in vr 
everyone can talk which means you have you've given just as much chance to everyone to be like the xbox 360 degenerate who's like dropping racial slurs or making their edgy jokes but now instead of them just having a microphone they have motion tracked hands and a headset and so now this next generation of like online 360 edgy degenerates are instead squeaky voiced and humping your face or pantomiming fellatio on you and just making you as an adult at, feel un horribly uncomfortable <laughs> with what is happening in the virtual world when you're just trying to play <laughs> frisbee yeah it's when there's the only thing that you can do well because in echo you can grab onto people and maneuver yourself around their body which makes it especially easy to do these sort of pantomimed actions and when that's one of the main ways to communicate of course people are going to do it because you can't there's no facial expressions so there's mostly just body language and some hand gestures and so of course people are gonna use that in the most expressive way possible and that's an example of how if there had been a little bit more thought into the design of this space it could have redirected the social energies rather than just allowing it to devolve into like the basest form possible but on the other hand it's this is also a little bit of a product of who's playing like obviously with the enthusiast crowd a lot of young people relatively wealthy you can assume because they're buying a headset and like obviously male and you, when you're talking about that demographic, you're not talking about people that are particularly mature generally, especially if they're playing online games. So it really imports this whole, yeah, almost like Xbox Live sense. Uh, and like as a starting point, that's not super amazing. And you can see a lot of harassment, especially if you ever see a, a woman in this in these online spaces in VR. It's not a pretty sight. There's a lot of... Uh, like people swarming around and just saying the most disgusting shit. Yeah, like uh I mean, not not to give any examples of heinous things being said, just an example of what the basic uh what is it? What the basic scene is whenever like I've seen uh, a woman enter an online game, both VR and non-VR. It's much like the seagulls in Finding Nemo where they just like <laughs> see a little piece of food come up and it's a swarm of just moin, 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 like all going after the same thing. It's it's like horrible verbal bombardment. Um, yeah, and that's like the first, if that's the first thing that a player experiences in your game, something is wrong. We You need to, I guess, so as developers, you know, we've both, both experienced this where when you're working on a game, you're not going to spend very much time working on the lobby because it's not the gameplay it's it's not something that you think of as being very important to the experience because it's like oh it's just a way to get the players into the real game but that's not the case especially in vr you know in a non-vr game with these main menus the player isn't literally in the main menu they're in their living room or whatever and they can check their phone or or use other you know, adjust stuff, whatever. But in VR, they're isolated into this space. And so it's much more important to design it thoughtfully and, and spend more time thinking about what you do with that time that the player is spending there. Yeah, that time could be very well spent 
either letting the player express themselves via character customization or like actual communication with other people or to an equally important extent reinforcing the mechanics of your game and like we've said already with echo arena like that game has a lobby with areas where you can train in the core mechanics and that's that's something that i appreciate that i wish uh games like population one uh vr battle royale game i wish that game would have that uh its current lobby experiences more akin to say fortnite or call of duty warzone where you just have like a couple of character pedestals and then when you join up with friends uh they their character models just appear on the pedestal in front of you and they're fully static they don't reflect your friend's body language uh, when you're standing around, like, your body language doesn't get reflected to your friends. So it's an overall very, like, boring experience outside of the main game itself, which takes you... It pr- takes you a couple of minutes. Uh, I mean, like, you'll find... If you hit the button to start matchmaking, you'll most likely find a match in under 60 seconds. But I wager, like, every second in VR feels like two or three seconds, depending on the context. Yeah, especially if you're standing around and there's basically nothing to interact with. Exactly. And another example of that is uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew. Oh, this game. Yeah, we like to harp on this a little bit, but it really is, in terms of the way the lobby works, technically it works fine, except for the voice chat, which we can get into. But one huge issue is when you're getting ready for a game, you load in with the, up to three others around this table that's in a room on on the Enterprise or whatever. And there's stuff around that's almost within arm's reach. There's like a 3D chess set. Uh, there's trophies and stuff. Exactly. But you can't touch or interact with any of that stuff. And you're literally just sitting at this table with a menu in front of you. And there's nothing to do except wave and gesture at the other people that you're with and chat and if there was even just something to fiddle with it would be so much easier to endure the time there yeah and your gesture set is fairly limited as well when it comes to like talking physically to other players like i think the most you can do is point and then make the the make like a circle with your index and your uh thumb but I just wanted to make a note um, on Star Trek Bridge Crew in that, like, the menus that they do have, they're cool enough. Like, they're, like, it's it's the sort of Star Trek iPad screen that you're used to, and when you bleep and bloop it, it does the right things. I think that stuff is, like, kind of cool, but obviously it ends up becoming underserved or or harped on because, like, again, we don't have these actual, like, toys these things that take advantage of vr in front of us like the ipads there that kind of takes advantage of vr but like the main point here is that there's nothing to entertain yourself with while you're waiting for the match to begin and that is a big issue you can't even really look at your phone uh because you have to take the headset off and then at some point that can cause an issue and it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal if the voice chat worked fine. But there's also an issue where, at least on Quest, so there's Oculus Party Chat, which is outside of the game or overlaid on top, rather. If you're in a group with your friends, then you can all voice chat together. 
yeah, think something more more akin to Xbox Live party chat, uh, PlayStation party chat, that type of thing, but for VR. Yeah, but then there's also voice chat in the lobby uh, for Star Trek Bridge Crew, where if you're all loaded in to the room, you can chat. And on Quest, that it takes control of the microphone, and so your Oculus party chat stops working if you are loaded into a lobby. But not on PC, which meant when we were all trying to get to play together, if one person was having technical difficulties trying to get into the game, but only the people on PC could talk with them because they weren't in the lobby, so we couldn't chat with the lobby voice chat. And so we were playing this ridiculous game of telephone where the people who were playing it on Quest knew how to get over the issue, but they couldn't talk to the other person on Quest. And so we had to relay the information. And we were sitting there for like a good... 10 15 minutes and there's nothing to do in this lobby and it just brutally killed all the enthusiasm and like pep that we had going in yeah i i think i think the first time we tried playing the game it like killed any momentum and we literally like just took off the headset because like somebody had started getting a headache yeah so that's a good example of how a lobby that doesn't have very much thought put into it can be harmful for the game. You know, we've talked about Echo uh, and Rec Room, which are examples of how good elements of lobby design can enhance the experience and almost become a part of the game unto itself. But then also there's social issues to consider in terms of harmful behavior. So all of that being said, we wanted to spend some time brewing up our idea of what the perfect lobby would be in VR that takes all the best parts of what we like in these experiences and solves some of the biggest issues. Yeah, so the the perfect, let's call this the, the, the official head-mounted destinations VR lobby. This is what it would look like if HMD had enough budget to make a VR experience that was simply a lobby, a pre-game lobby. <laughs> it, we advertise that there's a game, but there's only the lobby. But they so, won't know because they'll be so engrossed with the lobby. That, yeah. yeah. The lobby <laughs> is the game. You don't even realize it. You're just going to be like, man, I've been in matchmaking for like six hours, but, <laughs> but I love this mini game right here. Okay. <laughs> All right. So getting into it. Uh, the head-mounted destinations, official pre-game lobby, I would say it builds off the framework of Rec Room, first and foremost, with the idea of a personal space, a party space, and a public space. All, but then bringing in the uh, the sort of philosophy of like not having loading screens between these spaces that Echo Arena executes on as much as they can. Yeah, so one thing that's great about Rec Room is that you can customize your character in the personal space. So it's this, you know, your dorm room, which you can invite friends to, but no one can enter initially without your permission. So it's this very safe psychological space where you can prepare to go out in the main world. And there's, you know, a couple of menus, including character customization. And I think that element of having a safe, space initially is really important versus the echo lobby where you're immediately after you know clicking play immediately tossed out into this wild west social space yeah 
and going into the more like wild west uh social space part of things or actually keeping it in mind having a view into said space like within not the personal area but the party area uh so at least in my in my view of things i would want a like personal personal area almost like almost like just a little like capsule a little capsule apartment you know kind of like in deep rock galactic uh just a little space pod capsule apartment as my personal space if i wanted to i could invite like one person in there or something like that that is like my private private space and then having that rec room dorm room as like oh this is where i could do more features for my solo person or bring in my friends and like group up and get ready to go do an activity uh for and in the case of this party space having a window into whatever lobby i'm about to walk into would be great it doesn't it doesn't need to be a two-way window like i don't need all the people in multiplayer seeing me in my apartment doing things but if but if we allow players to see that your multiplayer game is populated or at least get the perception that it's populated, this will make them more energized to go interact with whatever stuff that population is playing with, and it'll also give them more peace of mind in regards to matchmaking. They'll think that matchmaking is going to be quicker because here's a gaggle of people right in front of me already. Yeah, I think that's one really important thing to call out about like the Echo Lobby is it solves this problem where if you're just in a main menu with no one around and you hit find me a match, you have no idea if anyone else is looking for a match. But if you're all in the same space, then you know that other people are around and willing to play. And so it will cause you to stick around longer, which increases the health of the game in terms of population level. So it's important to keep that. On the party space, I think that's a really interesting idea that I don't think another game, any other games do it right now. Or rather, I don't think any games do it right now. This idea of a space that is dedicated to other people that you are partying up with. Because like in Echo, if you join someone's party, you are thrown into the same big lobby space as them. But there's no dedicated place for you to group up. There's no dedicated spot where they'll spawn in and you can go to see like taking Deep Rock Galactic again, which just to explain briefly... There's a, a main area, and then there's a couple of doorways that have the player's name over the top. And when the player loads in, a little capsule apartment appears. So having that of you can immediately identify who's in my party and whether or not, or like, you know where they're going to spawn. Right. I think right now in Echo, you have an idea of where they're going to spawn because there is like, there are life pods where uh where people do spawn in but the big thing is like there's like 20 life pods here you gotta basically like stand back and stare at a wall to see if your friend is loading in as opposed to having something that's like more clean Mm -hmm. so yeah just providing something that's maybe a little more clean in that regard but keeping it hmm to some extent keeping it instanced but somehow integrated i think that's the big technical issue right yeah yeah i don't know quite how you would do that because you you want to be able to handle people who are playing alone and not with a party as well but it's something to consider is this idea of almost a tiered space where 
you can move from totally safe and personal psychologically to then like a space where it's just you and your friends and no random random strangers can enter and then when you're all ready you can all move out to a big public space together yeah and that would that would definitely reduce the shock of just being thrown into these very wild confusing spaces there's also mechanics that could be built to reduce the amount of culture shock if that's a good word for it that you experience going into these spaces we were noodling with this idea of a ladder or a spectrum where you can increase your level of trust with a particular person and basically it's like a form of reverse blocking almost i'll let you explain carlos yeah so this idea i i like what you said there we'll call it the privacy spectrum basically uh so in this privacy spectrum we work from untrusted to best friend right kind of working off of the reverse of our room structure idea let's start with like the public space a lot of people in the public space you don't know them so they would be under the untrusted or the neutral category actually probably more so the neutral category right because if somebody starts acting harshly against you you would move them into untrusted so for the neutral category you can see everyone you could you'd probably hear everyone but when they start getting close to you maybe within say like uh, something maybe two to three feet, something like that close to you, their character model might disappear or become opaque uh, to stop that feeling of intruding on your personal space. Being able to tweak communication on top of that. So going back real quick on the uh, personal space thing and people turning invisible, as you bring that trusted meter up towards the best friend, you could turn that setting off, right? So like someone who's above neutral may be able to get into your personal space because now they're on the friend tier with you. Whereas somebody who uh, is maybe harassing you, you can turn up the distance at which that player's character model is turned off. And if you just don't like them at all, you can go ahead and you know deactivate and mute that character so you'll never see or hear from them again until you turn that back on. That's something that... A lot of, I'll say, I'll say several VR games have currently, um, but this would be more, this would be more on that like tiering uh, thing. So in terms of like user interface, a player would like click on another player, click like privacy spectrum or something like that, or friendship level, and then like just have a bunch of like, have like six preset points from like, absolutely get rid of this guy to this guy's my best friend, let him get close to me. They can touch me, they can throw emotes at me, whatever, I don't mind. That person is going to use that power okay. And then having all the toggles uh, for the individual aspects, like uh, if you are able to emote, like I think VR chat has these emotes that kind of like shoot like just emojis at you in, in real space, people can easily you know, harass someone with this. So having a toggle to turn that specific aspect off, but because they're my friend, I still want to hear them. I still want them to be able to get up in my personal space. I just don't want to see their emotes. So having that type of spectrum system that's easy and quick for the player to understand and interact with is great. And including all those individual toggles as well. And of course, having some sort of easy report system for players. Mm -hmm. You mentioned this briefly, but 
Yeah, Echo has some element of this. They have a voice changer feature that pitch shifts your uh, voice lower right? and sort of disguises it. And they also have a privacy bubble where if you turn that on, then anyone that gets too close gets disappeared. And this is fine, but adding the granularity and the ability to bring people into your inner circle is not only just good because I remember hopping into a lobby with a friend who had the voice changer on, did not recognize him. I was, I was just like, who is this guy? Um, <laughs> so allowing people to, to overcome that issue where it's like, oh, I, I don't want the privacy stuff applying to my friends. But this also ties into this idea of disclosure uh, when it comes to how friendships and, and relationships progress. Like really, we, we want people to be able to build relationships in these lobbies, right? It's a social space, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of insight being drawn from like actual research or thought about how social spaces work. And so that's something that I think developers could really take a couple key lessons from. We will throw a couple links in the show notes maybe, but uh, there's some pretty uh, key elements that drive people to trust each other more. And one of those things is repeated encounters. Uh, so, you know, seeing the same person uh, a couple of times serendipitously in the lobby is important. Having shared aspects. So maybe this is just like, oh, you have the same cosmetic item as me, something like that. And then disclosure, which is like testing the waters and giving up bits of psychological safety, I guess, maybe sort of bearing yourself a little bit to the other person and seeing how they react. And so having this built explicitly into mechanics would be great where, you know, oh, this person seems friendly. Let me turn on voice chat, but keep the voice changer on. And then eventually, oh, let me turn the voice changer off. Allowing people to concede these small things would help build or help avoid the like antisocial behavior that we see in lobbies right now, which also stems from there being nothing to do except talk face to face with other people and maybe throw a ball around. So having sort of directed mini game activities might also help there. Yeah. And uh, to the point about disclosure um, in our utopian vision of VR lobbies, having that private room or the party room would allow for people to get more of that psychological disclosure if they felt the need to disclose information about themselves to to others, they can do that in a private room or they have the ability to go into a private room as opposed to right now in Echo Arena, right? If you are making friends or getting into some sort of deep conversation, you're doing so in the middle of like a 20, 30 person space and they can all hear mm. you regardless of the voice changer. That's a really cool idea. Having like essentially private rooms that you can book and then like, you know, maybe one person owns it and they can let anyone in. So it's not just who's in your party, technically speaking, but like anyone that you're cool with, you can invite in. Right. So it could, yeah, it could be someone that you're, that you're getting to know and you bring them into that private space and, you know, things go well or, and you, uh, what's it called? In increase them on your friendship spectrum right now the voice changer is off you've invited them to the private room nobody outside can hear you so 
that type of thing yeah i i think that would be really cool and you know as always these spaces at least the private ones the more personal ones these spaces are places for your player to express themselves so like they if you want like just to get kind of like businessman for a second like (laughs) if you have a if you have these personal spaces players can you know use cosmetics uh the developers can use cosmetics to drive the players to like make these spaces flourish and make it really identify themselves and you know if you really want to get business you can obviously put a little price tag on on these like cosmetics and in the realm of echo arena you could potentially have a battle pass that like gives these rooms cosmetics and yada 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 uh now getting back to fun vr (laughs) game development only no business yeah just having just being able to express yourself like in a safe space and potentially a space that has been tailored by yourself is like very nice okay brain blast I'm drawing a little bit here from a GDC talk uh, that was talking about building a, an idea of home in your game that lowers the friction for people returning to it. But uh, what if there was some cultivatable element in your personalizable space, like uh, plants that are growing that you can trim or something? Oh, that'd be so cool. Or stuff where like, when you return to the game... Yeah, there's something that has grown in your absence and you can like tend it. Yeah, building in as much comfort and like warmth into these spaces as possible with the customization is actually an amazing idea. Because if you think about when you're, you know, booting up, this this really applies to anything, not just games. But like, you know, you're booting up Netflix. What do I watch? Oh, there's so many choices. I don't know, like it's hard to dive into one thing. Same thing with games. Boot up Steam like oh there's so many so many games i could play let me just not play any of them so having a lobby space that is fun in and of itself and very easy to dive into like you don't have to match make you're just immediately there and there's something to do that's rewarding and very pleasing in and of itself some sort of activity that would make people return to your game more so than other games because they they boot up you know i want to play some vr what do i want to dive into oh, it'd be too much work to go into this game let me go to this game where like even if i don't end up playing just being in the lobby is an awesome experience yeah and i think that about summarizes the main crux of this episode is that players spend exponentially more time in our pre-game lobbies than we'll ever expect and we need these especially in vr to make the player feel welcomed and stimulated in a way that allows them to carry on to the main experience developers we'd like you to think more critically about your lobbies and how they impact that moment-to-moment experience the player will be having once they slide on the headset and get whisked away to your head-mounted destination. And players, we want you to leave your feedback on this episode, your stories and experiences of being in a VR game lobby. We want you to share 
all of that on the Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash head mounted podcast. Players, listeners, meet up there, speak to us, speak to each other. We want to have these cool conversations. Maybe one of y'all will give us an idea that we can incorporate into the utopian head mounted destination lobby. It's going to happen one day, people. Help us craft it. If you like this episode and want to hear more, please visit headmountedpodcast.com and sign up for our email list to get notified about new episodes. You can listen to the show on YouTube or anywhere that you find podcasts. If you'd like to discuss this episode or suggest future topics, visit our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash headmountedpodcast. And if you really like the show and you want to help us out a bunch, please follow our Twitter at mountedhead and Facebook page at headmountedpodcast. And most importantly, tell your friends about Head Mounted Destinations. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.